Welcome to your real estate guru, the real estate show, your real estate daily. So we're doing the show a little early today because my calendar has went nuts. Today is installation day. I'm very excited about that. Of course, I am president elect for East Metro Association of Realtors. I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about service and doing what I can, I can do to help. You know, if we're all involved in helping, it also, of course, always brings business to you. If you haven't noticed that in the past, being part of a service, a giving industry, very, very important. Give to your community, give to your neighborhoods, give to the associations as much as you can. And I don't mean in dollars. You can give with your labor. Of course, probably the most valuable thing you can give is your time. So, anyway, good morning, everyone. I'm still sipping on my coffee this morning. I, I'm buying, I was buying Pete's for a long time, but buying uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company now as they support our troops. And very excited about that. Today, I want to start talking about legal structures. I know the boring topic of legal structures. Oh, my goodness sakes. But there, there is a bit of excitement going on with legal structures because of our protection. And I'd like to know, what are you doing with your legal structures? Type into the comments, what type of legal structure are you using? By legal structures, by the way, I'm talking about, you know, LLCs. C corporations, S corporations, partnerships. What are you doing to protect yourself from the liability that's out there and the liability that can be on all of us? And, and do you, are you carrying personal liability and professional personal liability insurance? Is that something you're carrying? Of course, the brokerage you're, you're working for or that you own certainly has E&O, you know, errors and omissions insurance critical for all of us to have things like that because you just never know where an error or a misunderstanding in language might happen and it needs to be cleaned up and defended things certainly can happen so it is possible to be two forms you can be one form of business in the state and another form federally for tax purposes. And that's exactly what we are at Mount Hood Realty. We are an LLC in the state of Oregon. And then we are an S corporation federally because that that, that is an allowance that you, you can do to um, guard yourself against different forms of taxes. It really just depends where you're at with the structure and what's going on with your business. So much so that that's why there's so many different forms. The only one I say, please don't be, and that is a sole proprietor formed as nothing. Because then all the liability is coming back to you. And we're just talking in general and guard yourself, at least for most of it. What does that mean and how does that happen? To not bore everyone to tears on this, this, this early morning while we're all sipping coffee. If you have a company and operate the company as a company, then you will guard yourself against other forms of liability coming against you. So, for example, my house. It's my house. It's not my company's house. It's not Mount Hood Realty's house. It is my house. 
So I keep it separate. Now, the company, to make sure this happens, how it needs to work, of course, you have to have your filings and you have to file with the state and make, make sure you, you have all your, your stuff in as far as your filing. So, okay, we, we, we got that. But how it functions is you can't commingle. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I already see. I can already feel people rolling off to sleep this morning. And as I start to speak about commingling, so I'm not going to stay on that very long for sure. But it is a topic that we have to raise now and then to protect ourselves. And let's not forget the whole coronavirus thing going on. That's another issue that brings in huge risk management, huge liability. I teach risk management for the GRI program and the Principal Broker Academy. And let me tell you, it brings in liability like crazy, and it is a moving target for all of us, so very difficult for all of us to track. So commingling, money comes into the company from sales or whatever venue you're doing to get money into the company. Money goes out of the company to pay bills. Money goes out of the company to pay the owners or the, the agents that the commissions go to. That's the direction of the money flow. The money should never flow from the agents back to the company. If I'm using personally the business as my personal bank account and I'm putting money in, out, in, out, in, out on a personal level, oh, I took too much out this month, I need to give some back. That kind of thing, that's called commingling. I mean, it can, ha it can happen occasionally, and then you need to go back and note it in the record as to what happened. It was a mistake. It's not that it couldn't ever happen. Certainly, we all make mistakes. However, you do need to think about what you're doing with the company and make sure you're not commingling because that will mess with your taxes. I promise you, if you're ever audited, that, and we have been audited before. Thankfully, it, it came out okay. But thankfully, um, uh, understanding commingling is a big is a big deal. So, I would like to hear from you. What are you using? How are you protecting your liability? How are you protecting your liability during this crazy coronavirus time? That, by the way, it's not going away anytime soon. It has changed the face of business of what we're doing probably for the foreseeable future. I, I'm not going to say forever. I have no idea. And we've had other viruses that have come through and well, we've had to deal with them. Pardon me while I sip my coffee this morning. So when it comes to dealing with the, with, with the coronavirus and liabilities, of course, I firmly believe that everybody needs to be, incorporated or in a company of some kind of structure. Okay. But how are you dealing with this whole coronavirus and the changing environment of it? Because it's crazy right now. It changed the rules of it change quite regularly, not just from a state level, but from a local municipality level. The rules are changing. Right now in the state of Oregon, you can be finally you can be outside without a mask. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I thought you could be outside without a mask for some time now, as long as you were socially distanced. 
But then the rule comes down that you can be outside without a mask. And they didn't make mention as to the social distancing part of it that I seen. I suspected that that's probably what they intend on this. But I move that camera over just a little bit. However, right now, I think most people are willing to do, maintain that social distancing thing, as well as occasionally masks if needed. Now, we've all gotten to the point we probably all have a mask in our pocket at all times at this point. I would like to know from you, what are you doing about being outside with your clients? Are you socially distancing? Are you keeping masks on? What are you doing? And how are you protecting your liabilities in this? Are you wiping things down inside? Now, there are lots of states that have given up on more than Oregon hats. But, you know, we're in the Pacific Northwest. Oregon and Washington are doing very similar, by a long shot, not exact same things, but very similar things in that where you can be outside without a mask, but indoors you have to have a mask on. Uh, dependent on the environment, if you're eating, you don't have to have a mask on if you're eating or drinking something actively, no mask on. I was drinking a cup of coffee the other day, and they said that in be a person came to me and said, in between your sips of coffee, you got to put your mask back on, which, okay, I, I, and I complied. I hadn't really thought about it because I was actively drinking a hot cup of coffee, and, well, it's every few minutes, you know, you're sipping at it, but Okay, I, I get it. And that, that's how that, that restaurant was treating that at the time. They didn't do that when I had a fork in my hand and eating the plate of food. I'm not certain. <laughs> I'm not a medical person. I don't know exactly what the difference is uh, on spreading this thing. But that does seem to um, be uh, be cutting it quite a bit thin as to what's what's happening. So how are you dealing with this? How has it affected your business? These rules of the state are substantial. You can be fined by the state for not, for not being in compliance. I mean, the fine, I believe, is $1,500. It can be a misdemeanor. I, last I looked, nobody had been applied over to a, a misdemeanor on it at this point for non-compliance. I believe everybody to that level had complied. That is probably that is more of a threat, I think. We're trying to get people into compliance on this. Now, my wife and I, we went ahead and got our shots, and I am by a long shot not promoting that everybody has to go and get a shot. That that's up to you. That that's part of freedom. We went ahead and got uh, I got the Pfizer, the Pfizer, and the booster, but I don't have a pituitary gland. From, from the early 90s, from a tumor that I had that, you know, got rid of the majority of my eyesight, I don't have a pituitary, and and that was connected to the what's called the optic chiasm, and that's why I, I'm lacking uh, most of my eyesight. So, But that puts me at a greater risk because of hormonal problems. So they said I should go ahead and get the booster, so I went in, went in and got the booster, qualified for that. And so far... Cross my fingers, knock on wood, and all the other lucky things you can do. Toss salt over your shoulder. It's It's been okay. 
but how is it working for your particular business? Because it's different from area to area. I get that. Liability is such a big deal. Now, a close cousin to liability, of course, is how we build our businesses and what's going on with it. And I want to talk about briefly using auto dialer systems. I've used auto dialer systems a bunch of times. I personally love them. I think they're terrific for building a core business. It, I'll tell you, it's not a good relationship builder at first. The relationship definitely will come later. No question. If you took my course, my clinic yesterday, on building through prescription yesterday, building your real estate business through prescription. If you didn't, you can you can go and download it on my channel, your-realestateguru.com. And you, you can download that and still take a look at it. I have published it out to Facebook and some other places for, for links to it. And easy to find. Building your business through prescription is huge. and But this is reliant upon that you already have a client in front of you. And now you're building that relationship and you're getting deep into motivation. I have no doubt in saying that every one of you that are successful in this business understand how to get into motivation. The client's motivation. Now, you're motivated, I'm certain. If you're not motivated, you're not long in this, in this business. You've got to be motivated to be in this business. This is a tough business. Long term in this business, it is it is the tough and callous that will survive, no doubt about it. So, yesterday on the prescription clinic and building your buyers and your sellers through prescription, great clinic. Go and download it. Build your pipeline. But, be, but if you don't have people in your pipeline, how do you go and get people in your pipeline? Of course, there's advertising. There's lots of ways. I, by no means am I limiting the ways of going and getting people in your pipeline. I would just like to hear from you. How are you getting people in your pipeline? And still obeying all the rules of, of the road. There's problems, of course, with auto dialers and rules from the different MLSs and, and who they say you can dial, like the expireds and the canceleds, and we're not going over all those rules today uh, on who to dial. But you can also do farming with auto dialer systems and going after you know a segment of a zip code or a neighborhood or e even a neighborhood association potentially, but certainly neighborhoods or parts of neighborhoods. I always suggest that people need to go after at least 1,200 people in a neighborhood area to make it worth your while because you have to consistently go after that population with mailers, door knockers, emails, text messages. Of course, I'm a huge video fan. If you're not doing video in your business yet, you and I need to talk about stepping your business up to the next level and where video really is. Video is hot. It's crazy hot. You will get people's attention with video. 
And I'm not saying you have to be on TikTok or, or YouTube Shorts or any, any of those type of products. You can send these out individually and you will be looked at as the next, you are leveling up. Because you can send someone an email with an attached video and tell them, you know, view your, view your video. And you will look like a rock star in the business. There's still not that many people out there doing video. There's a lot of video. Yes, a lot. I mean, video is growing by leaps and bounds. But there's still time to get ahead of the wave to build your business with video. Because most are still not doing I mean, I talk to people all the time that say, oh, I, they, they, they're embarrassed. They would never do video. How, how would they possibly do that? What would they say? They don't want to look like a fool. Oh, they need to lose some weight. They, they, you know, it's the every excuse that you ever had in the bucket comes out because they don't want to be seen. The culture of not wanting to be seen, but also the culture of wanting to see everything. That's where we're at, and you can take advantage of that by using video. I use video in text messages. I use video in emails. I use, I send out video through social media every day, all the time, sending out video. I used to say I sent out uh, you know, over 1,000 a year, but we're well beyond that at this point of how many are being actually sent out now. Because staying in front of people in short blurbs. Now, the 30-second blurb is you can do it as a reminder. But a little bit, you know, a few minutes so you can deliver something meaningful. And then okay, if you're sending out an individual. Now, this is not a, a clinic here just on, on video. But just real quick. If you're sending out an individual video, let's just say to John Doe. You can get yourself a whiteboard and hold it up. Let me grab one here. I always got a whiteboard or two. And I, I know there's nothing on this right now, but you can hold up your whiteboard so that people, people can see your whiteboard. And you put, you put the name John Doe on there. And maybe you draw a cup of coffee, something on there just, just for fun. And as you start your video, you start with your whiteboard and then you pull it away. That first few seconds will be interpreted as a loop. So when they see it in the email or in their text, they're seeing their name looped on this whiteboard with you holding up the, the, the little whiteboard. You can also do it, by the way, with a piece of paper or even a post-it if you hold it close enough to the camera. That, that, that I did that a couple of years ago and was very successful at it. They're just, they're just little posts that you hold up close up to the camera so that someone can actually see it. The point is you're showing the it's an individual email and an individual text. And you're getting the person's attention through the name. How does the person looks at it? John Doe looks at it and says, how, how does that person know my name? He, and it can be a reminder. Maybe you already know John Doe. That's fine. That's terrific. I send it out to people that I already know. I do this to family. I'll say, hi, mom. So I'll send it out to them because it's nice to see something with your name or your 
your honorific on it, which to me, mom is an honorific. You send it out that way and it gets their attention. We are in the in the land of persuasion. We are in sales, guys. And never forget, we are in the land of persuasion in this. We have to understand how to persuade people. The first element of persuasion is attention getter. If you can't get someone's attention, you've got nothing. You won't be building your business. You've got to get someone's attention. And using their name is a great attention. People ask me all the time, well, I don't have any good attention getters. Do you know the person's name? Do you know anything about their house, their neighborhood? Look up some facts. Did you know that your house went up by 14% last year? I mean, that's a great fact. Only if it's true, of course. You want to use true facts, but we can all pull CMAs. You can go do research on a house and take a look and see what's happening with that neighborhood and get their attention through that lens. And that is a way to get their attention by using some, some factoid. But I'll tell you, the name, using someone's name and starting off with it is so impressive to people because we all get the calls. I mean, how many of you are getting calls? I'd love to see something in the chat about the calls that you're getting. Has anybody gotten the call recently on your car's insurance getting ready to run out? And I answer, and, I'll, and if I'm ever transferred to a live person, which is rare, I'll say, well, I'm blind and I don't drive. They never know what to say. <laughs> so but I'm, this, this campaign is going around the nation right now of uh, you have, we're calling you one last time to give you an opportunity to take insurance for your car. Or a warranty, excuse me, it's a warranty for the car, not insurance. It's a your warranty is running out on your car. We're calling you one last time to take a warranty. Otherwise, you will be liable for all of the repairs. Has anybody gotten that one? I get that one right now almost every day, along with the one from the uh, they declare themselves to be the IRS. And that they are sending a sheriff out to actually I haven't gotten that one in, in a couple months, but I've gotten it a lot. We're, we are from the IRS. We're sending a sheriff out to arrest you. If you'd like to avoid a sheriff coming to arrest you, then, you know, give us a credit card and we, and we will take care of this on the phone for you right now. I had the person live on the phone on that one a few months ago and told them, Please send out the sheriff. My wife needs a break. Take me to jail. Go ahead. And the first, well, you can't make us come and get you. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I hung up. What kind of campaigns are you hearing? What you don't want on an auto dialer system, if you're using one of those, or just calling your, your sphere. You don't want to come across as one of these whack job campaigns. One way to not come across as one of these whack job campaigns that are out there of stealing from people 
is actually put on a whiteboard, do a video with their name. I've even done, hi, John. Is your home still for sale at 123 Main Street? So I'm delivering the core message to them up front. It's an attention getter. Believe me, you're getting their attention. You will get into their head on this. Now, if it's a video, they can watch this at, at, at any time they want. You've sent it to them through text or, or email. My favorite right now is text because, let's face it, people open text messages. Email, still the number one sales vehicle. I was just in a conference yesterday. They were just going over this. National stats, email for getting people to respond to, to sales. Still the number one conversion for getting people to respond overall to sales. I'm not saying in real estate or for you necessarily. But for getting people to respond to sales items, email is still red hot. People think it's broken, broken, broken. It's not as broken as you think. If you're like me, I get up to my somewhere between two and 400 emails every morning. Very few of them have great meaning to me personally. I hurry through them with my screen reader and find the ones that actually have you know, that personal meaning <coughs> and respond to them. Pardon me. By the way, I'd love to know how you prepare your coffee in the morning. I prepare mine with a with a mocha pot. Just as a side note, I prepare my coffee in the morning with a mocha. That's M-O-K-A. M-O-K-A pot. P-O-T. A mocha pot. You can take a look at it on Amazon or where, wherever you like. And... And the, the company that makes this particular mocha pot I use is Bialetti. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I really don't know. But they make an espresso stovetop. It's an aluminum pot. You put the water below. The grounds go in the middle. You heat it up. It steams through the grounds and puts your, your espresso on the top. I make that for myself every morning. Dearly love it. I've been doing it for years absolutely love the mocha pot. I think it's one of the best cups of coffee you, you can make. would love to hear from you what you're doing for your morning cup of coffee or whatever you're drinking in the morning. If it's not coffee, something else, how are you making it? And then I put heavy cream in. I'm not a fan of half and half. I put a tablespoon of heavy cream in and that, that's, my, that's my morning go-to item. So building your business. By the way, we have coaching programs that can build your business. We have a brand new product. I, I've been talking about it lately. It hasn't actually went out for sale yet. We're still putting the last dotted eyes on it. It's called Kickstarter and it is on fire. Kickstarter will build your business. It'll put people into your pipeline It'll help you convert from lead to client. It shows you the process of conversion from lead to client. Let me tell you, we all have lots of leads, but how many clients in your pipeline do you have? 
And this program Kickstarter will not only bring leads into your pipeline, but shows you the process of persuasion to convert from lead to client. The Kickstarter program goes through multiple pieces, building your business. If you've been at this business 10 years and only doing one or two, three deals a year, and you're just kind of doing it on the side, and now you've decided to do the business full-time, and it's time to value your career and value what you're doing and your family, the Kickstarter program is absolutely for you. And then you can add on to it individualized coaching programs to help keep you going in the right direction. Build your business. It not only can be done, it is being done by tons of people out there that have a great business in real estate. Why aren't you one of them? The Kickstarter program will build your business like you can't believe. And it doesn't take that long. But there are specific skills you need to be involved in for building your business. You've got to have these skills. Or you can't compete with the rest of the gang that's out there hammering down the clients, the leads, turning into clients. Going to, going to John Doe that you don't even know and saying, hey, can I sell your house? Isn't That simple isn't going to work anymore. I'm sorry. It just isn't going to work anymore. You have to have deeper skills than that. You have to know how to put out objections. Everyone's going to have objections. Standard leads have objections. If you can get them to stay on the phone with you, no matter what their objection is, we can coach you through the process of getting to a real conversation, finding their motivation. Just mentioned yesterday in the training, by the way, one nice way for, to get to a seller's motivation, because it's not how much they're selling the home for. It never is. People love to say, well, I'm motivated to get $400,000. Yeah, uh, okay. The motivation actually is, so tell me, John Doe, if I brought you a full price offer today, what are you going to do with the money? That will get you deeper into motivation. And then you wait for the answer. Don't, don't do a cover. People miss this all the time. They actually do a cover where they say, oh, well, I didn't mean to push so hard. No, wait for the answer. People will give you an answer. Ask the legitimate question and then wait for the answer. They'll begin to tell you what's important to them. Because it's not the money, it's what the money represents. Anybody can have a pile of money in their account. But if you have a pile of money, what are you doing with it that makes you happy in life? Are you moving somewhere else? Are you going on the vacation of a lifetime? Are you paying for your children's college education? Are you going somewhere? Or have you been waiting to do something pur purposefully? 
in your family or is there a big career change? You're personally wanting to go back to college. You're personally taking some time to do something else. You're buying a vacation house. Maybe you're buying a time. What is it that that money represents? That's the motivation and that's what you have to key into. Hey, you guys, it is that time. Let me get out of here. It, I am your real estate guru and this is the Real Estate Daily Show with your guru. Talk to you tomorrow. Take care, guys.